abundant in volume yet scarce, soothing and relaxing yet bearing a devastating force. Defies the laws of physics and it can heal as much as it can harm. It is the source of life. I'm Idan, and from Israel Newtech and PI Media, this is Waterline. Welcome back to Waterline. In March of 2018, during the 8th World Water Forum in Brasilia, I had the chance to conduct an in-depth interview with the president of IWA, the International Water Association, in Waterline's studio that was part of the Israeli pavilion. The IWA has members in 130 countries and its primary goal is to be, in their own words, a platform in which both innovators and adopters of new technologies and approaches can generate creative friction. Diane Daras was appointed president of this organization in 2016. She is a trained engineer, and during 37 years of service, she was an executive who had the chance to head water services on many levels, ranging from managing municipal systems in her early years to holding global positions in later years. With such a record, I began our conversation by asking if she is the person who knows everything there is to know about water. Surely not. <laughs> Nobody knows everything about water. How come? Because it's complex. I mean, it's lots of different technology and you can be very specialist on one part. And probably you need also to have a global vision on water. So either you dedicate a little bit more and you can be very competent on the topic. I think it's sometimes good to be very competent on one topic because it's important. But it's good also to have a global vision. And IWA has this global point of view. IWA has uh, is first it's a professional association in the sense that uh, people who are members are working in the water or around water. Many of them are working in utilities, delivering the service in the day-to-day life. Very practical people, but some are doing research. Some are uh, working in uh, companies who are delivering services or, or technologies. We push to have people more on the innovation, on the regulation, and people on the field. Because innovation push people on, uh, on the field and in utilities. And on the other way, I think it's important for, for innovation to keep an eye on, on what is a reality. So our uh, members from the um, utilities are good also for for the innovation, to, to remember what is the day-to-day life. So our members are on all those categories, yeah. So I would say now that you are one of the few persons in the world today that really has a global view on water. I have a global view on water when we discuss about delivering the service. Uh, IWA core knowledge is on delivering water, treating water, um, reusing water. You have the numbers of how many people have their water supply secured and the numbers that I've been hearing in the past week is that nearly two billion people have no access to water. Yeah, yeah. So what does the world look like today? Well, it's totally unfair. We are pushing now IWA to have a better involvement in developing countries 
in order to see how we solve it. And I think it's a good time politically. There is three reasons why things are moving a little bit. The first one was the right to water. If you understand well what it means, it doesn't mean that you have the right to have free water. It means that you have the right to have water at reasonable price and at your house at, in quality and, of course, if possible, 24 hours. You're talking about water should cost money, and we know that there is some disparity about the fact that people in a developing country would pay much more per liter when they buy it from a tanker. People are making money out of water in a way which is not fair, as you said, and some places in the developed world where they don't pay for their water. Well, maybe I will give it the other way. Okay. In order to be um, sustainable, you need to be sure that uh, the utilities will, will have the means to maintain, to give the service. So I think it's always very dangerous if you say that it is for free. Mm -hmm. The price of water is something a bit different. There is a cost, how much it costs to take water where it is and, and to bring it to your home. Pricing is a bit different because you can have some social price for people who, or you can have a price which is a normal price and then you have another way to help people who can't pay. But so, still you say everybody should pay, no matter how I, much they have. That's my opinion mm -hmm. and I think it is what is said also in the right to water. The right to water never said that it has to be for free. On the contrary, most they understand that it has to have a price. The price has to be affordable. And of course, the notion of affordable can be adapted to the countries and adapted to the people inside the country. But there is no reason when you have means that you don't pay water because then you, you, you don't use it well. I mean, and you don't have the means afterwards to maintain it. So that is one important, and I think it was good to remember that. And, and the, um, the organization who has to organize in order that people have water are the um, local authorities, the local municipalities and so on. The second big change, in my opinion, was uh, SDGs, the uh, Sustainable Development Goals. For the first time for the water, we had a specific goal on water, which says you have to deliver water and treat wastewater. That was very good. The fact that you have a goal for you is important because with a goal you have some parameters and you can follow. Goals mean indicators. So the SDGs with the goal six was very important. And the third, I think, um, strong also um, change was uh, COP21 was in Paris. At uh, the COP21, people said, well, we should not increase temperature more than two degrees and there are lots of things to do if we want to, to get that. But two degrees is an average in the world, geographically, and in the time, in the year. That means some countries will have four degrees, and in summer you could have much more. It is not just two degrees, which could seem not so much. You're talking about two degrees increase. I'm yeah. thinking about the fact that today is the first day of spring. In the northern. In the northern hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. It's the first day of spring mm -hmm. and it's snowing in New York. Yeah, because two degrees is an average and we know perfectly that climate change means completely change and more extreme weather. So two degrees could be plus four in summer and zero in winter or plus six and minus two. Okay, And that we see it. We see that we have more extreme events today. So what happened with more extreme? You have to adapt and water, for water we will have 
to have strong adaptation measure. What does it mean? Adaptation means to be able to still live the right way and develop and have a better life, although it becomes more difficult. But speaking, of course, to example like what you do in Israel, show that with intelligence and uh, motivation, probably we can find solution to adapt to the situation. And that's why water awareness is so important, because some people in the world, they are using 400 liters per day per person. In Buenos Aires, it's 500, okay? So I am not giving the extreme situation. When in Europe... What, what do you do with 500 liters a day? You wash your house. I mean, you, you use it and you let it run, because there is no meter on water in Buenos Aires. Awareness is a key point. Today you, you see people in Europe using 120 liters per day. It's still a lot. So there are absolutely possibilities to be uh, more uh, intelligent, to adapt. And I think it is one of the main responsibilities of IWA is to help our uh, professional uh, members to find the right solution in a changing world. Let's talk about the stakeholders uh, worldwide, which is mainly three. It's industry, agriculture, and households. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to share. Water is a common good, clearly. So it's absolutely necessary to have a governance organization where people who need water be able to discuss how they share water. Some countries have been doing that very well for a while. There are still some uh, places where they, you don't have that organization. It should be on watershed. I mean, if uh, you have a river crossing countries, you, you need to find a way. So I think it is very important to have a governance organization where people can discuss and share together that good. I have a feeling that when you say that some countries are better than others, that the countries that are not as good in managing water and watersheds are usually the countries that you will find higher poverty in them. How wrong am I to assume it? In fact, there is two reasons to organize yourself. Either because you have good legal organization and you know what is governance. So it could be a cultural um, impact. The second reason is because suddenly you are in a big crisis and you have to, to solve a crisis. So I think there is two good factors to organize a watershed is a culture, culture of sharing and, and um, having governance organization which are not politics, she should be, uh, they should be... How, how, how is governance not politics? That I would be happy to hear. Usually yeah. when you have several stakeholders, it, it becomes politics. Obviously, maybe not partisan politics, but, you know, basic human politics. Yeah, when I don't say politics, it should not be linked to the national elections or the municipal election. I mean, it should be, uh, of course, it's politics in the sense that you... In the world of politics, it's you, you, you are taking care of the policy and of the city and so on. Even it's not driven by the classical political party. So when I say not linked to politics, it means not linked to the national or, or local elections, which are good, but they are also short-term. I mean, most of them are for four years or six years. So you need to find a way that people can be a bit more resilient and the organization can be uh, survive a bit to the next elections.
for many, many years, technology was um, doing what the nature was doing, but trying to do it quicker. If you look at water treatment plants, filtration exists in the nature, but we were trying to go much quicker than the nature. So most of our technology were just doing physics and natural, but compacting and going quicker, which is not stupid, because when you are more people, you need to be more efficient. It's the same between the bicycle and the train. I mean, you, we started walking and then taking bicycle, and then you take the train. We are now going to a bit back to nature, um, because uh, even time sometimes is interesting. So there is a combination now of uh, rapid mechanic and chemical technologies and back to have tertiary treatment or things like that, combining with nature. Artificial recharging or slow sand filtration after a treatment can be good for two reasons. First, nature likes time. Second, because it gives time also to react. For example, if you do direct reuse of water for drinking purpose, if there is a problem, you don't have time to stop. If you do indirect and you let nature do its job, you have also time because if you have to stop re-injection and things like that, you can do because you know that you have time to think. In the technology, there is now a bit more mixing, rapid and more natural uh, technology. Of course, the second big change was the uh, IT system and what you can do with communication and, uh, and big data. We are able to have more information and being able to analyze information, for example. And that is really important because you, you can be more clever. If you look at water quality, when I started my career 40 years ago, we were speaking about micrograms per liter. And then we spoke about nanograms and then picograms. So we find products that we were not able to see or, or to measure 30 years ago. So, of course, you are aware of pollution when probably pollution was already there. Sometimes I said that when Pasteur thanks to microscope, was able to find bacteria. It did not create bacteria, it just found that there was bacteria. So it's the same in, in water. You analyze much better, so you measure things that, that you were not able. There is that and you create pollution. So you both, you, you discover, you are able to analyze and see, but you also create new pollution. So that's why we have to take care and we have to treat and to be a bit more um, protecting uh, our waters. Yeah. There isn't one solution that would fit everybody anywhere. That's sure. And how do you think is the best way to approach creating the supermarket of technologies for, for different countries? Do you think that there should be one governing body or one agency that would promote such a... That's good. Supermarket, I like it and I will explain why I do like supermarket. In water, there is a lack of segmentation of your market. Some people think that because they've been developing a technology which is fit for 100 people, it will work for 1 million. It's not true. So there is two criteria which are very important for technology. What is the size, which is most of the time linked to the density of the city or of the place you want. I mean, you don't treat the water in a big city of 20 million people like you do when you are in a small village of um, 100 people. Many people speak about scale-up, but scale-up is not to reproduce 1,000 times the same. I mean, not in water. People forget that. So mm. sometimes they are very happy because they've been developing something and it works for 100 people and they don't understand why you don't use it 
It's again, the train is not 1,000 times a bicycle. A car is not 10 times a bicycle, and a bus neither. Second thing is you can have also difference of temperature. When you treat with biological technology, it's not the same to treat water which is frozen in north of Europe or when it's 20 degrees in, in Brazil or things like that. And third, you can have some differences economy and, and fourth, the water quality is not the same everywhere. I mean, as you said, if you want to treat the water in Europe, you will have to have technology a bit different than if it is you are in the nature and the water is perfect. That means that in the supermarket, you need to organize a bit your supermarket for different products and you have to organize it. And if you understand well that segmentation, you can really push your technology and sell it because it can be sold in different parts. But it's an important challenge and uh, some people forget that. So what you just said now, when you say a train is not 10 times a car, you effectively are talking about decentralization. This could be a solution. Yeah, that's why um, decentralization is really um, a bit of change and can be a solution. We trust in IWA that decentralization is uh, something to look at because uh, you could treat and you can escape from pipes which can be expensive. It's a new way of organizing, but of course you need to be sure that your city will be organized around that. That's a great point because is decentralization... I mean, today people, when they talk about decentralization, usually it's supposed to be the gospel to Africa, the gospel to South America. Take a smaller treatment plant, a smaller wastewater treatment plant, and it would do you good. But you are now talking about cities in Europe, underlying in your answer, no? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, decentralization is not just for Africa. What happens also is if you decentralize wastewater, you have to be sure that you will find a place to put the water afterwards. I mean, so it's natural organization sometimes also force you to, to keep centralization. Where we, we speak about uh, developing world and decentralization is to say that probably when you want to treat wastewater, you could have smaller size and try to have a first treatment locally and reuse the water locally. It's true that it seems to be intellectually stupid to take the water upstream, to treat the water, and then to put it downstream, and then you don't know what to reuse. You could have a, a smaller loop, a smaller cycle, that's true. But then you need to have capacity to treat, people who are able to do. That means also decentralization and um, organization. It's not just capex or building. You need afterwards to have people able to maintain and to have the people with the skill of it. So now what you're saying is that actually one train is not 10 bikes. Because if I have one centralized thing, I need only one train driver. But if I have decentralized, I need maybe three or four people yeah. to drive the train. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's another organization. You need people trained to do that. And you have to be sure that you have the petrol, for example, or, or I don't know. It's a bit reorganizing also the governance. Governance is important. In order to have a good public service, you need to have a strong governance at the level of the city. And you could say that sometimes local governance is easier to develop than big governance. Mm -hmm. uh, some organizations said that you could have a, a local organization in order to build wastewater treatment and to organize it around. Some people are looking at that. The Gate Foundation is working on, on that kind of uh, organization, but it's technology and economics and organization. How do you imagine new cities in Europe? 
or the USA or yeah look uh, Singapore Singapore is a good example of uh, reorganizing their vision of course they had a, a strong reason to do that they wanted to be less dependent of buying water to Malaysia so they had a strong push from that but they consider that you you have to show the water we have in IWA and you can find that in on internet we have been developing a, a document which is the uh, principle for water wise city and i think if you read that document you have a vision of what we think should be the water wise city and the water wise city is um, for example um, reducing consumption reusing not for drinking purpose but for uh, municipal use and things like that i feel that the city of tomorrow will be a bit different a bit more natural and you will see water again what do you think are the best practices when it comes to managing water not only on a municipal level you need to have the different level of good practice good uh, vision at the uh, national level you need to have a good vision and good organization and the watershed vision you need to have good utilities and having strong management at the level of the uh, utilities you need those organization like you have in a country you need a, a national policy and a national economy called policy and then you of course you need entrepreneurs and and local people so i think we we need all those levels i don't trust that one minister can do all or one private company can do all i think it's really a uh, different levels working together and understanding what is their mission each level has a very a specific mission and has to deliver on that mission when you are the utilities you have to take care of it and you have to look at the maintenance and that's your job to do it the best way when you are the watershed you have to put people together you have to be looking forward for the uh, next generation you have to push people to be aware of water and take care of it at the national you have to have good water quality norms and scheme so there are different levels and a good policy is to to make those levels and do their job and not the job of the other there is no link between the fact that people don't have water and scarcity of water the link is uh, between how much the country has been able to take care of that and and take the challenge economically Mm-hmm. When you look a map of where there is water scarcity at the sense of lack of service it's absolutely not linked to water scarcity it is linked to economy so of course in a country where the economy has difficulties you have that and probably probably because the head of the country those people they can buy water so they don't really matter Do you think really that when you are in a country where there is a scarcity the president has no water he has water of course either by truck by bottles but he has water mm-hmm. so one of the difficulty i think if you want to develop good policy you have to be sure that the governance and the people who are the head of the country take care of it of course sometimes they try and they do their best and so probably if you are in a in a country where the economy is, is weak you have so many topics to deal with that you can't do everything i mean I, i don't say that those people don't care it's just that they are trying to do so many things at the same time that they don't manage to deliver water look israel water scarcity and service 
and there are some other. Belgium, for example, is a country where you, are, you have water scarcity, not the worst situation, but you have water scarcity in Belgium. When I say water scarcity, they are in a stress region compared to the population, and so on, but they manage perfectly. Is water everybody's business or somebody's business? Or should I ask you whose business is water? Clearly, it's a local municipality. It's, it's in the right to water. Local municipality have to take care of the water. It doesn't begin at home? Well, it's begin at home when you have water. So in fact, if you have no water, it doesn't begin at home. So it's true that if you have water, and there are some people who don't have water beside you, then it's also your business. You have to take care of it. Yeah. I give an, an example. Uh, in Australia, of course, quite a good service, but the scarcity of water is increasing. So now some city like the Perth and the uh, water company of Perth is really uh, pushing people to reduce their consumption. So the, the awareness of people is asked and people are starting to reduce. So that is the uh, water cleaning in Perth is the uh, topic of everybody. But they have already water. So I wish that it would be the case, I mean, that everybody would have water and then it becomes a public and a common uh, topic. I'm happy, I'm happy that um, there is a much better awareness of the challenge of water. Still, we need to be careful that it will increase. The, we will have a stronger challenge in the uh, coming years because of climate change. We have to take care of water because it's also the water of our next generation. So we have to look what we are going to give to our, our, our children. And that is quite important because in water, really, we invest for 30 years, 40 years. So when you pollute your water, you can pollute for very long times. So I think it's a, it's a challenge. We can solve it if, if we work together. Waterline is brought to you by Israel Newtech and is a PI Media production.